Okay, hello everybody. This is Joshua with his wife, Lyric. And we're starting our first podcast for our Marriage Mondays. Hi guys. And um, today our topic is going to be mental health. Yes, so Marriage Mondays uh, is the name of our podcast. We've been married, uh, what, about like two months now? Two and a half months? Two and a half months. Two and a half months. Uh, we got married November 29th, 2019. And um, we just really wanted to share with um, our listeners and people in our community about like some of the struggles that we have had in our marriage. And every Monday, we'll come to you guys with a new podcast about a different topic with a M attached to it. So it may be movies, music, um, money, etc. And today's our topic is going to be mental health. Good way to start off. And something that we as a community, black people, people in general, just we need to talk about mental health more and address it and don't hide it. So where would you like to start? Um, well, I want the people to know um, that... Um, I, I really want people to know my, my diagnosis. Um, <clears throat> and I want to share with them um, how I came to be diagnosed and how that affects our marriage and how we cope in our marriage with that. Not only with my diagnosis, but also with things that you also struggle with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I want this to be transparent. So um, I'll start with saying that I was diagnosed with a general anxiety disorder about four years ago. Um, since that time, um, I have a specified category of my diagnosis, which is panic disorder. And it causes, if you, if you don't know much about anxiety, I'll just give you a background. One in three people suffer from anxiety. And for me, I experience the heart palpitations. I experience the racing thoughts. I experience excessive worry. Um, I pretty much experience, um, also something called disorientation and depersonalization where I kind of disconnect from reality when I'm experiencing a panic attack. And so, um, this can really cause some issues, um, in a relationship, not only just marriage, but just relationships in general. Um, I also suffer with depression as well, as long as, uh, as well as my husband has struggled with depression as well. You want to share a little bit about that, Josh? Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say I've struggled with depression. I, um, I've been overweight, and I've dealt with the issues that most people deal with being overweight. Not most people, but that can come with being overweight. Um, depression's been one of them. I have seen therapists for it. Okay, so we're um, talking about my issues. Um, yeah, it just, I, I, um, I guess my mental illness would have been with, well, my mental health is depression is one of the main ones. There's been long bouts of um, sadness that I've dealt with, and um, it needs to be diagnosed. I would like to get it diagnosed. I can't say that I've had somebody just diagnose it, but like I said, I've talked to professionals. I come from a family of um, people that deal with uh, the therapist. My mother's a therapist. Just put that out there. So I've been around a lot of um, therapists in my and 
past jobs I worked in the mental health industry. So we're still working through my my issues also. So I can't act like I'm just don't have issues. I mean, who who just doesn't have issues? Right. <laughs> and uh, so there's many things that I'm working through also that we're both working through together on both sides. Absolutely. Um, what I would like to kind of transition into is how we cope and how the you know just letting the people know how difficult it's been um, not only with just my mental health struggles but also with my husband's as well um, it can be increasingly frustrating when you're dealing with someone who has anxiety and who has a diagnosed anxiety and undiagnosed depression as well uh, we all have our quirks we all have things that we struggle with and so when you're building a life and becoming one and you are married um, or you're in a, a, a really strong relationship, you really start to encounter a person's personality. You start to encounter characteristics about themselves. And within our first week of marriage, we'll be very transparent about some of the stuff that we that we did struggle with. And if I'm honest, I was probably the one that had the most difficult um, time adjusting to the um, just just the newness of having someone living in the house with me, me never having been in a relationship with someone where I ever lived with them before um, because of my values and it was just different for me. Uh, my anxiety was at an all-time high. It's lowered since then, of course, um, but just for example, I'll give an example of like some of the stuff that, that we have encountered. Uh, once we got married and Josh moved into the house, we had some issues with me being able to um, adjust to the cleaning of the restroom because I'm really super anal about how the restroom should be clean, how the kitchen should be clean, certain stuff pretty much as, as everybody has there. But for me, it's on another level like it's magnified almost to the point where I obsess about how the bathroom has to be clean I obsess about um, how the kitchens clean I obsess about different things that I want done how I want them done and I was told way before we got married by another couple from my church that I couldn't put my anxiety off of my husband and so if there was something that I felt like needed to be done in the way that I wanted it done that I would have to be the one to do that but getting Josh to understand that and actually like acting it out in reality was very difficult it was really hard to say well um to like not treat him like he was a child knowing that he could is, is capable he's a grown man and capable of cleaning a restroom he's a grown man and capable of cleaning the kitchen or just how he does things. However, those things cause me a lot of anxiety. Um, and so you want to share how you kind of coped with me and dealing with that? Well, um, it took a while to fully understand what's going on. It took a lot of conversation, a lot of talk back and forth about what you were actually going through it, not just that you thought that there was something wrong with me, that it was actually anxiety, that there was um, 
You want to share the first night we came home after the honeymoon? <laughs> sure, I'll share that. I wasn't expecting to have to share that, but you know, it's Marriage Mondays. We we uh we, we're transparent, right? That's that's what we talk about, man. So yes, um, our marriage and our our wedding day was amazing. By the way, it was it went it went off without a hitch. It was it was an incredible day. We we enjoyed it, but we were so tired afterwards and. For me, I think I was still on the high of the excitement, so I was very anxious still. Um, but it was more like anxious and excitement. But then even like before that, like I was in the house by myself for weeks before Josh ever moved in. And so um, the first night, I knew it would be difficult for me to adjust to uh, sleeping in the same bed. Uh, Josh, he snores. <laughs> And uh, for me, loud sounds is a trigger for me and my anxiety. Any type of loud sounds. It could be like a train. It could be a motorcycle. It could be sirens. It can be like thunder. Anything like that can cause me to be very anxious and not sleep well. And so I knew that we would have these struggles, but I didn't know like to the extent and what it would cause once we got home. So, you know. Once you get home, changed out all your wedding clothes, all that kind of stuff, trying to get adjusted. And, you know, we get in here and we shower, all that good stuff. And it's time to go to bed. Um, And I became so anxious, like to the point where my heart was beating so fast. I became uh, afraid, like I wasn't safe. I became... And mind you, we were both tired. Like at this point, I should have been sleeping. And Josh was ready to tap out, like ready to sleep, sleep, you know. However, I just, I couldn't close my eyes. I tossed and turned for like at least 30, 40 minutes dealing with all the the panic and the excitement. And then once he started snoring, I just, I realized that like my life has now completely merged with somebody else's life. And this is real. Like, I actually have to live with this person forever. Like, I actually have to sleep in this bed with somebody who snores, and I have to deal with this. Like, although I have a trigger and I have my own issues, and it was really hard. So, so, so much so to where I, I got up and Josh was just looking at me like, what's going on? And I was like, I can't do this. And I literally felt like I was about to die. Like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was like, I I can't do this. And it wasn't like, I can't do this. Like, I can't be married to you. But I think part of my mind was telling me, like, I can't be married to you. But at the same time, it was also saying, it was also saying that, like, I need to go and sleep in the guest bedroom. And thank God we had a guest bedroom so that I could sleep. But... I knew that it made him feel some type of way, him being my new husband and us joining together. Like, that has to be the worst thing ever. You come home on your wedding night and your wife doesn't want to be in the same room with you or bed with you because of something that causes her distress. And so, I mean, how did that make you feel at the end of the day? Well, it um, it was sad. I was, I was honestly sad about it. I... Uh... I mean, you'd warn me beforehand, so I knew there'd be, I knew there was some apprehension about, you know, us sleeping in the same room, and just me in general. And I knew this, it was, 
going to be different because you already established yourself in this house. And I'm just kind of moving in. So I'm kind of the outside guy. So, um, it's not like I wasn't prepared for it, but, you know, you can tell yourself, be prepared for something as long as you want until it actually happens. And, you know, you wake up in the bed by yourself. <laughs> it, it was not a happy moment. <laughs> but, um, it's like, like anything else, I understood because I was prepared for it. And you've done a really good job preparing me for things. Like you said, though, I don't think I could have prepared you to the extent at which at which it was magnified once we actually got in the same house, the same bed, the same space, the same bathrooms, you know? Yeah. Um, and so now, I mean, I want to transition to us talking about techniques that we've learned and used to kind of help some of these couples out here who are in relationships where maybe somebody's struggling with autism, ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, Whatever that person is struggling with, maybe they're just a little bit OCD. Maybe it's undiagnosed depression. There's so many different things that people struggle with, and I can only speak and attest to what I struggle with and what Josh struggles with. So I can't really speak on autism or ADHD or anything like that. But some of the techniques that I've learned and what we're learning together has allowed us to be able to share with you all, and we hope that you can use these things in your marriages and in your relationship, your friendships even, because um, relationships are, you know, across the board, not just in marriage. Yeah. So the first thing I would suggest is to be open and honest about what you're dealing with. So tell the person, like Lyric has told me, I have this, you know, issue, and these are my triggers. That's a big word, triggers. Um, and this is what sets me off. And this is what happens when I get set off. And this is, you know, what I can do to not set these triggers off. And I think if you, if you let your partner know what bothers you or what sets you off, that's a good start. And on the other side, you have to be understanding. I think that any two people can get through anything if there's understanding, if there's a want not to trigger the other person, if and if they understand that it's not a a personal thing, it's it's this is what sets me off, and that's something I had to get over things not being personal, but it's and that's that's not an easy task. You can't just you know say hey flip the switch, but once you understand what bothers a person and what triggers them and what they're actually going through and what they're dealing with, that's a good first step. And then you have to have a want not to do it, not to trigger them, not to bother them. And if you're like me and you love your partner and you want the best for your partner, you want your partner to heal, then you'll do whatever you can do to make sure that you can help, that you won't trigger these things. Now, some things I can't help immediately. We both understand that, so we're working on that. And I think it's important also, I'm sorry to interject, but I think it's important also to know your limitations, to know that your happiness is not dependent upon the other person. 
that whatever um, is what brings you happiness. Like for me, my faith in God is what brings me peace and joy. And so it took a long time before I was able to realize that no man would ever really be able to complete me. That what I struggled with was higher and of greater importance and to me than um, me telling Josh, well, just wash this dish in the sink and that's going to suffice. It's bigger than that because sometimes when you have anxiety, you don't know what it is that you need. And so another thing I would say after, you know, Josh spoke about um, being able to admit and being understanding is knowing your limitations, knowing where um, in the areas you can help them and examining what areas you can't help them. Telling them like, this is increasingly hard for me because someone who is a... I don't want to say normal because normalcy is kind of like relative, but someone who is exhibiting a normal response to a panic attack, it can be frustrating. It can be, um, you know, where you, you want to walk away because this person is frustrating you or they're contradicting themselves and it can be confusing. Like you say you want this, but then you're doing this. And so in those moments, knowing that, if you have a list of things maybe that you've written out where your partner, like myself, is saying, this is what you can do for me. Like for me, I like to hear um, gospel music, worship music really helps me. Another thing might be writing. Josh bought me a writing journal. And so anytime I may be feeling a little anxious, he'll tell me to journal, which is also what my therapist tells me to do. And so knowing what you can do and knowing what's not in your ability to do, like you can't change the world. You can't go out and make a million dollars right now because I'm worrying about money. And and some stuff is not, is not possible at the time. Or he'll, you know, Josh will say, well, can you change this right now? Is this something that you can change? Mm-hmm. If I can't change it, then it's kind of pointless for me to continue to harbor and worry about it. So, you know. You want to add anything to that or we want to move on to the next we solution? Move on to the next solution. Um, what do you think the next solution is? So we talked about um, acknowledging that there is a problem, actually telling your partner what that problem is. We've talked about knowing the triggers of what your partner is dealing with. Whether It could be extreme sadness. That could be a trigger. You know, It could be that... Your partner was, um, you know, I hate to say this, but sexually assaulted. It could be that your partner um, was, you know, abandoned as a child. Whatever it is that they may be struggling with, all the way up to just rejection. Um, Josh talked about dealing with some of the issues in rejection. And so we recognize our triggers, um, being understanding, and also making a list of your limitations and making a list of things that, you can do to help your partner um, in that how you want them to help you. So I want to transition into like actual practical stuff. I mean, all this is practical. This is all stuff that we can do. Um, But for me personally, as someone who struggles with it, um, some things that I have recently done is that I sought out a psychiatrist. I had been seeing a psychiatrist for a while, but they kind of use you as a guinea pig for different medications and the side effects suck, of course. 
And so you have to have a partner that's willing to understand that when you're going through certain side effects, if you're placed on medication because things can, may get that severe, it's not for everybody. Let's, let's be clear. Medication may not be for everybody. But if you actually see a, a licensed psychiatrist and they recommend medication, then it could be that you should be on medication. And so you will go through a cycle of side effects. And sometimes your uh, partner or spouse may not understand what those side effects are. So sitting down, reading those side effects. And then when that person notices those side effects, they have to be willing to actually help you through some of that stuff. Like the last medication I was on was causing me to not want to eat. It was causing me to have these uncontrollable muscle jerks, even to the point of me like fainting in front of Josh. And I know that that had to be scary for you. Was that, how, how was that like for you? Well, I mean, yeah. You don't want to see your wife fainting. You don't want to see her on the floor. You, you don't want the muscle jerks. You don't want the, um, the other problems. And, um, you know, you want everybody to be healthy and eating and safe. But, um, yeah, it was a scary moment. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> be honest with you because I don't know I didn't know what to do but we got through it and uh, we learned and we you know so now I take it upon myself to make sure that she's eating you know um, she does a good job making sure she eats also because you know that's important even if the medicine says don't eat or makes you not want to eat you still gotta eat (laughs) you still gotta and just kind of, um, just that goes back to my understanding. Like, with the medicine, she read out the side effects, so I'm prepared now. And if you have a partner that is taking medicine, you know, it's, you're, you're when you're married, you're, you're with this person, you're as one. So she's taking medicine, but I'm helping with the side effects. I'm watching out for the side effects, and I'm making sure that the medicine does what it needs to do. And so that's why we go over what could be the problems, you know. Yeah, and I think, understanding. I think it's important also to take a stand, you know. Um, for me, I'm very stubborn, and there are ve- there are various times where I refuse to eat because I'm experiencing extreme sadness. I'm having panic attack or the anxiety is just causing me to not want to eat and it took you know Josh calling my mom over here yeah. and my mom said me straight and she told him like you have to make her eat for one I have to eat because I'm hypoglycemic if you guys don't know what that is it's where your blood sugar can drop um, to increasingly low rates and you can faint and that's how I ended up fainting because I had not been eating I went almost two or three days and I had not had anything to eat and nobody knew that but me. But when you're with someone, um, you know, Josh being at work, but when you can't be with someone 24 hours a day, but him getting home, seeing how weak I was, not having enough energy, my clothes falling off of me was a clear sign that, you know, you're hurting yourself, you know, like and you, you're by hurting yourself, you're hurting the other person. Because we're in this together. Mm-hmm. So if you're not eating, guess what? Your spouse is going to eat, but they may not have an appetite either. 
but somebody has to make it work, right? Somebody has to say, are you taking your medicine? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And that goes with just health in general. Like I asked for a list of his medications that he takes, not for mental health reasons, but just in general. And um, he has a list of what I take so that if there is anything that ever happens, we can tell a doctor, hey, this is what this person is taking. And I thought that was really important because of different situations around us where we saw that like there were health issues apparent with other people and people didn't know. And that's that's an issue, you know. So um, let's transition to some more uh, techniques that I have implemented and that we have implemented together. Mm -hmm. um, something that I was really interested in doing and I've continued to write you know, during this process, I'm not writing as much as I should, but, um, writing, um, we pray together every night, every night prayer and, uh, we fasted. Um, we also, um, not just praying, but also reading the word together. We have Bible studies together. Um, we have Bible studies together and, um, we try to have weekly Bible studies where we stay in the word. I heard Pastor Michael Todd say on his um, sermon today um, that how would you feel if you only ate once a week? So if you only ate on Sunday but didn't eat until the next Sunday, wouldn't you be malnourished? Mm -hmm. And that really convicted me to be like, man, I need to be in my word more. I need to be in my word daily. How many times in a day do I eat? Probably three or four times in a day, right? Uh, for, for the most of us, some of us more than that, <laughs> but if we're not in our word, then we're mal malnourished and that's what we feast off of. That's what we, that's what gives us solace. That's what gives us the peace that transcends, transcends all understanding. You want to add anything to that? Well, yeah, there's that. Um, what I found really good is the Bible app that we have on our phones and just doing a plan together. We've done multiple plans together. This new plan you have is <laughs> is a big task. We're way behind. <laughs> yeah. We're way behind, y'all. It's like a Bible in one year. We, we're yeah. behind. <laughs> it's a couple verses every day. and it's <laughs> Not a couple verses. It's like a, like a book, but you yeah. know. <laughs> but the Bible app's good anyway. Just stay in your word. And just you get 10 minutes, you put it on and look up something every morning. Um, sometimes my wife will send me a scripture. It's it's nice. It's it's good. I, I really do like the Bible app. I, I do like cracking open a Bible every now and again too. But the Bible app is really useful because we're always in our phones. Absolutely. Um, another um, another app that I've been using, which was suggested by a church member, is uh, the Abide app. A B I D E. Um, they they require for you to pay for it. However, um, there's a free subscription on there where you actually can just click on the two minute devotional every day. And I do the free one because we ain't got money for all that. So I do the free one and it um, has a devotional about whatever you're experiencing. If it's dealing with emotions, if it's dealing with anxiety, if it's dealing with sleep problems, you can put it on when you go to sleep. My, uh, my husband actually, he puts on uh, like classical music and it's, um, yeah, it's a sleep kind of, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> it's whatever Spotify has under sleep. There's a playlist that um, I find real relaxing. So that helps him to sleep that, you know, and for me, when I wake up, those devotionals help get me ready for my day. 
is somebody praying with me and for me on this app and it's it's very helpful um and if you want to get the subscription then of course you'll have to pay for that because it's it's on there how much it is i don't think it's that much but anyway um you want to add anything to that um not to that part though okay so something else that i also so we've given you guys a lot of of, of tips to help with in your marriage and relationship dealing with mental health and some of the things that brings us peace some of the things that brings us joy I, I also suggest um dating as frequently as you can we had a church member actually the same church member that gave me the information about the abide app made the dating jar for us and i received this on my um i think it was my my bridal shower she gave us a dating jar with popsicle sticks on it. And every now and then we'll pick from that some cheap dates or maybe a staycation or something like that. And we try to date each other, intentionally date. We try to intentionally uh, be intimate with one another. Whether it's, it doesn't necessarily have to mean sex. It can mean that we are connecting, just having a conversation about how's your day. Um, it could be like four ups, one down. Is what I like to call it, where you know you tell me about four things that went right in the day, one thing that didn't go right, one thing that you mm -hmm. want to change. Um, I think that helps to to better a person's day, and you know, making sure that we're intentional about connecting with each other and our emotions, whether we're touching, whether we're being silly with each other, whether we're laughing. Laughter is so important, yeah. um, especially for me and my anxiety. Um, it's so important for me to always keep a positive mindset even if i have racing thoughts about something negative it's so important for me to laugh with josh and to create that laughter because he's always laughing at something crazy or silly that i'm doing and i think that creates those moments in our relationship where we remember how much we love each other um i can play around a little too much sometimes right you're having a good time <laughs> yeah yeah it's all in good fun you know yeah. and i believe he would rather see me that way versus down depressed yeah you know really bad and negative thoughts so it's helpful and i can say truly in these past two and a half months we've had more good days than bad days oh easy yeah we have a slogan that we kind of live by i've heard that other married couples have slogans and i feel like ours is one day at a time that's what do, fair. What do you think? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think our slogan is one day at a time. I mean, you guys can come up with your own, but I feel like for us, dealing with mental health has been the biggest struggle that I feel like we have had to, and we're still working on it. It's not like, oh, this is done. Like, this is mm. a lifetime thing that maybe I won't always struggle with it, maybe you won't always struggle with it, but... It is something that we struggle with, and the enemy always targets the mind, you know? So, um, I think one day at a time. One yeah, day at I mean, a time. There's, there's never going to be, I don't, from what I've learned, from what I've seen, from what I've gotten from these old married couples that give us advice, it's never just done. There's always more you can do. You never, mm -hmm. you're never just finished. It's never just like, okay, top of the hill now. <laughs> There's always more work to do. There's always more ways to love somebody. There's always more ways to care for somebody. So, and there's always going to be a struggle. It won't be 
struggles will be big and some struggles will be small, but there'll always be something that we can overcome. And as long as you think, well, what can we overcome? And know that we can't overcome anything, then I think you'll be all right. Agreed. Completely. I, and I also think creating a circle of people around you, friends, family, a good support system is really important when people deal with mental health issues. Whether it's your spouse, that's the first person that you have to have a good support system with. If they don't understand what you're dealing with, they, like it goes back to what we first talked about when we started this, understanding. If they can't understand it, then, you know, I can't say that that's not the person for you, but personally, I knew that God had to send me somebody that personally knew what this stuff was and and how to cope with it. And I truly believe that God prepared Josh for me because his mom being a therapist, you know, him seeing it throughout his career, working with different people, um, it really set a precedent for his tolerance and his patience because not everybody can be patient with someone who has a mental health issue and vice versa. I think having family that understands and loves you, um, they're willing to do the research. They're willing to do the work with you. Uh, I started a a women's mental health support group, and if anybody wants to be a part of it, it's called uh, Women's Mental Health Haven. And you can um, contact us. I'll give you the contact at the end of this segment. And it's a support group for women. Eventually, we'll probably start a men's one for sure. And um, it's really for women to, you know, provide outside of that therapy providing a support system where we can learn and grow together and my slogan for that is better together is we can't get better unless we together um so we have to be um willing to hold each other up iron sharpens iron you know and in addition to that i've also been doing uh equine therapy which is uh working with horses Um, If you like any kind of animals or want to get an emotional support animal and want to reach out to us to find out how to do that, um, you can. Uh, We're looking in the process, or we already know the process of getting an emotional support animal, so we're looking at doing that as well. And uh, I've started volunteering at Dreamcatcher Stable out in uh, Spring, Texas. And it's a nonprofit 501c3 that deals with people who have um, ADHD, autism, all kinds of uh, mental health disorders and other learning disabilities and things like that. They deal with all kinds of things, elderly people, uh, you name it. And so it's been very rewarding. I get so excited about going out there, grooming the horses, uh, feeding the horses. I learn a lot. Horses are like big dogs, pretty much. Um, they, they love people. They have very, um, great you know like personalities and uh, I just really feel like I connect with them but your connection might be to a dog or a cat or you know a guinea pig I don't know (laughs) a lizard you know uh, I feel like pets provide an unbiased um, and unjudgmental perception of things and that's what I love is that I don't actually have to hear a horse say did you really just do that I'm sure they might be thinking it (laughs) But um, it's it's beautiful. My relationship that I've created with this uh, with Dreamcatcher Stable. And if you want more information about that, um, you want to go ahead and give them our contact information if they have any questions about anything. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll wrap this up. Um, I think one thing I just want to add, and I think it's real important that 
no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. Um, you're not the only person that's dealing with what you're dealing with. And it might feel like you're alone. It might feel like those four walls are closing in, but you just have to reach out. I know it's hard. It's rough, but um, open up a little bit. Open up a little bit. There are people out there that can help. There are people who will just talk. There are people who are there just to listen. And if you're fortunate enough, um, seek therapy. Sit down and talk to somebody. Sit down and um, talk to somebody that will understand what's going on. Because I learned a lot going to therapy. I learned a lot. Uh, even the one time we went to therapy together, it opened my eyes to some things. And I think that's really been helpful. So even if you can't go to therapy, just open up. You know, don't be afraid to be open up. I know it's hard trusting people. I know that some people aren't great, but um, just don't go through it all. So in closing, I guess we'll say this has been Marriage Monday. Yep. Today was our first episode. Thank you for making it this long. Thank you for your time and. We're going to wrap it up. If you have any thoughts, concerns, anything you'd like to excuse me, share with us, um, you can email us at thegoodgod at yahoo.com. That's D-A-G-O-O-D-G-O-D at yahoo.com. And um, any thoughts, concerns, comments. We're both open. We're both on Facebook. We both have Instagram. Uh, Lyric kind of has a Twitter account. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, and just um, that kind of social media, we're always available. Leave a comment, we will reply. You know, like I said, we always have our phones in our hands. <laughs> and that's it for Marriage Mondays. If you have any ideas of topics you think we should talk about, and it, it doesn't have to be mental health, it can be anything, anything that you're wondering about. And we're hoping that this is a weekly podcast. We're going to Try to get this out on Mondays. Um, feel free to hit us up. And anything. Movies you want us to talk about. Think politics. I'm uh, looking forward to Monday Mayhems. Monday Mayhems, which would be a free-for-all. Which right. My excuse to talk about wrestling and comic books. Right. Because I'm going to sneak that in because I make Lyric watch wrestling some nights. And um, that's it. Thank you for your time. And um, have a blessed week. Thank you. Peace.